We've been in this series of springing into Psalms, and we've been walking through some 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 chapters in Psalm, and it's just I've just enjoyed Psalms. I said that a couple of weeks ago, but I really enjoy the book of Psalms. And today we're going to go to Psalms one fifty, and I'm going to read one through six. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. That's right here in the church. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the luth, the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing symbols. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And if I'm not mistaken, every one of us in this place are breathing. So we have a responsibility and an obligation to praise the Lord. And let's just be honest. We've got so much to praise him for. He's done so many great things in our life. The fact that we are all here today is something that we can praise God for. If you've had a bad day, you can still praise God because you're breathing today. If you've had just just an awful time at home with kids or with your spouse, can I tell you, you can still praise the Lord. You really can. It may not sound as pretty because you're still mad at him, (laughs) but we still have an obligation to praise the Lord. Everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. That is our job. That is our responsibility. Um, Every year, my wife and I, we try to, to make it to Florida during the winter months here. Just, just to get a break from the cold. This, this last trip we went on, y'all got us because we went down there. It was like 60 and down here, here it was like 80. I was so upset. It was miserable. Not really. I was still on the ocean, so it was fine. But I enjoy going down to Florida in the cold months. And, and one thing that personally I like to do, I'm a morning person. So I, I enjoy getting up early before the sun comes up. And I like to go down by the ocean and I just, with my cup of coffee, by myself, with some time with Jesus, listening to the waves come in, I like to watch the sun rise. I just, it's something about it. I enjoy it. It's, it's peaceful to me. It reminds me that every day as that sun begins to come up over water as far as I can see, even before the sun comes up, I, you can see the glow, like the orange on the picture. You see that before you even begin to see the sun. And it reminds me personally that I have an obligation to lift my hands and praise the Lord. And then at night, as the sun sets, it reminds me that I have an obligation to bow my head and worship the Lord. Just something that personally, it works for me. It's something I enjoy doing. But, but, but what, what about that, the, the, the majesty of the ocean and, and, and the way the sun comes up and the way it goes down? And then I, I have a couple more pictures of what they call the northern lights. And right now, it's pretty amazing. Look at these pictures. And, and 
they have this website, this our Facebook page called Voyager National Park, and there's a guy up there who literally has his camera out every day, and he's taking pictures. But look at what God creates each and every day. There, we just sang about it. There is no one like our God. We can praise him through any situation. We can pray. Just begin to look at what he created. But then the greatest part about it, he creates that kind of beauty and he creates the sun to rise over an ocean. But the reality is he created you and I. That is something that we can praise the Lord for. Not only did he create us, but he cares about each and every one of us. Have you ever really thought about that? The creator of the universe, the one who spoke this whole thing into existence, he cares about us. He created us individually. And all he asks is for you and I to praise and worship him. The creator of the universe. It was David who said in Psalms 8, 3 through 8, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you would visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you've crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that passes through the paths of the sea. What taught David of God's greatness? of God's unexplainable concern for human beings and God's even more perplexing insistence upon crowning human beings with glory and honor. It was the night sky. It was the northern lights. It was the moon. It was the stars. They taught David of these things. These heavenly bodies, by their beauty and majesty, live to the praise of their creator. You and I have an obligation to praise our creator. Just like a beautiful baby lives as a testimony of the parents or a skilled musician, we had so many up here tonight, with every note speaks to the skill of his teacher, all of creation speaks to the glory of our creator. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. You and I, we must praise the Lord. You may get tired of hearing that tonight, but by the time we're done, I hope we're all praising the Lord. You know, our, our bodies were, were, were uniquely designed as vessels of worship in, in, in Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you're not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, 
which are God's. Let's go through a little bit of science real quick. The brain is not fully formed until you're 25 years old. So guys, you're not as smart as you think you are right now. Give yourself a couple years. Information travels to your brain at the speed of 268 miles an hour. That's pretty fast. The brain can generate about 23 watts of power. That's enough power to light or power a light bulb. Guys, you're not there yet. You're not 25. You haven't hit it yet. You're probably sitting on about 8 to 10 watts of power. Give yourself some time. (laughs) The brain storage capacity is virtually unlimited as the brain consists of 86 billion neurons. Now, I'm not very smart, so I don't even know what all that means. That's just statistics I looked up. But to form the simple sentence, I would love to have some coffee right now. Anyone else? Yeah. Now you can be distracted the rest of the night. Y'all going to want a cup of coffee. But just to form that simple sentence, the human brain must make a number of intricate bioelectrical Don't know what that means. Grammatical and vocabulary decisions. Just for that one sentence. I would love to have a cup of coffee right now. And that number, for all practical purposes, might as well be as expressed as infinite. There's just so many decisions that have to be made just to make that one simple sentence. Our faculty of speech is extremely innovative and competent, even in small children, that there's no computer on earth that has yet been designed with the ability to match our capabilities. So the psalmist was very correct when he said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made in Psalms 139 and 14. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Our bodies are to the glory of God in Corinthians 3 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? We were vessels created to worship. Our vocabulary should never run out of words to praise and worship God. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. If we get to a place where we run out of words to praise and worship God, we're not working at it enough. We're not practicing it enough. If you've ever listened to a prayer warrior pray, you know that person has practiced prayer. If you've listened to someone that will continually repeat themselves over and over and over and over again, you know they got some work to do because our brain should never run out of words to praise and worship God. That is the way our creator designed us. There is so many things we can praise and worship him for. We were were created as vessels designed to worship God. God desires us to worship him. It was Matthew 4 and 10 uh, when, when Satan is tempting Jesus. And Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him Only shall you serve. Jesus himself made it very clear. We are to worship 
God and God alone. The psalmist understood our natural inclination for worship. He understood that since we will worship something, we must set our hearts to worship God and God alone. We're going to worship something. Every one of us in this place is going to worship something. This, this natural desire to worship reflects God's purpose that has been planted deep inside each and every one of us. God's desire and purpose for all of us is to give our praise and worship to him and him alone. This is one area where God is extremely selfish in. He wants our worship. He wants all of our praise. And let's be honest, he really deserves all of our praise and he deserves all of our worship. That is why the enemy of our soul would do everything in his power to put things in our way. He will try to steal our praise and worship. He'll try to take our time and, and draw our attention away from our true purpose, which is to praise and worship God. Have you ever set some time? Well, I'm going to pray at this time. I'm going to spend some time in prayer and in worship. And when you got there, you've started thinking about everything that you haven't thought about for the last three months. Your mind just begins to get filled with things and things I have to do and things you haven't worried about for the last month. All of a sudden, they're coming. Why? The enemy of our soul is trying to take our attention off our praise and worship that we're given to God and put it on something else. We have to get to a place where we are intentional about our praise and our worship. As the Almighty, He is the only one worthy of creation's worship. As the sun comes up and worships God, as the sun goes down, the, the sun worships the Creator. You and I are to worship our Creator. We're to praise the Lord in his sanctuary. We do that so well on Sundays and Wednesdays. The time you walk into this place, we, let's just be honest. We got it going on in here. Our, our worship is really good. Our music, music's really good. We are a church that just enjoys worship. When we come into the sanctuary, if, if, if you struggle to, to praise and worship God, you might want to get your feelers checked out. <laughs> Because we are just, we are a, a, a church that really knows how to praise and worship. We, we do a really good job of that. It, it, when you come into this place, maybe you had a bad, I, there's been times I've just, I had a bad week and I walk into this place on a Wednesday. Work was ridiculous and it was hard and I struggled all day. I walk into this place on Wednesday and it, it just, just starts to feel good. And then all of a sudden there's prayer going on around the altar and there's some praise and worship and you start to loosen up. And then all of a sudden they start singing a song. And before you know it, you forget everything that happened today and you're in a spirit of praise and worship. We're, we're, in this sanctuary, there's a lot of praise and worship that goes on. You are a fortunate people to be a part of this church. There, not every church is like what we get here today. Yeah, that's okay. Not, not every church is like this, but we have a, 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 a church that, that, that 
prides themselves and, 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 and takes some time and, and being the best we can at our praise and worship. We're a church that believes putting our best foot forward in everything we do. Striving for excellence and perfection is what we do week in, week out. So our, our musicians, they practice. And, and on Tuesday nights, they're up here giving lessons and music lessons. They won't let me be in it. I don't know why, but uh, they, music lessons and, and, and instrument lessons. And we are, what are we doing? We are practicing our praise and our worship. We want to give God the best we can. So you and I get to come in here on Sundays and Wednesdays and we just get the blessing of the work that's went on because they've already set the atmosphere in this place and we come in and can get free in our praise and worship because of what they set. So we praise God in the sanctuary, but not only in the sanctuary. At the beginning of the book of Psalms, we are given exactly 10 descriptions of what the righteous and blessed man does. If you go back to Let's Take a Walk, the first lesson we did in Psalms, there was 10 things uh, that a blessed man, a righteous man does. He walks not, he stands not, he sits not, he does delight, he meditates in the day, he meditates in the night, he's planted by water, he brings forth fruit, he has unwithering leaves, and he prospers. It's at the beginning of Psalms, at the end of Psalms, the very end of the Psalms, Psalms 150 plays a chorus of praise with exactly 10 instruments, the trumpet, the psaltery, the harp, the timbrel, the dance, the stringed instruments, the organ, the loud cymbals, the high sounding cymbals, everything that has breath that's you and I. The connection between Psalms 1 and Psalm 150 is important for us to pay attention to and recognize. The one who walks according to to the word of the Lord will ultimately end his journey in a state of pure praise. How cool is that? The one who walks righteously and on his journey, when as he, as he perfects walking in righteousness, he'll end his journey in a state of pure praise. You see, the seeds that were planted in Psalms 1 come to full bloom in Psalms 150. When we plant the tiny seed of delighting in God's word, in the end, it blossoms into a highly disciplined praise of the righteous and blessed. That's exciting for you and I. As we strive and we walk in righteousness and delight in the word of God, it's just natural that our lives become a living testimony of praise and worship. We are to praise God for his mighty acts. Genesis opens with God's voice booming from the darkness in Genesis 1 and 3. Let there be light. The miraculous scene continues to unfold as the heavenly bodies are formed. Grass began to grow. Animals roamed free. The man and the woman manicured the perfect garden the pages of the Old Testament are filled with exploits of the almighty acts of God. Israel's deliverance from Egyptian bondage. Battles won with only trumpets and lanterns. Armies that were defeated because God set ambushments and fought on behalf of his people. Different acts that God has done all throughout the Old Testament. Perhaps you and I have a testimony of God's mighty acts in our own life. Have you ever been healed? Just lift your hands. Be a testimony with me today. Aren't you thankful for the mighty acts of healing in our life? 
Have you ever been restored? Lift your hand and be a testimony of the restoration power, the mighty acts of God in our life. Have you ever needed peace? And at the mention of his name, you felt the peace overshadow your life. Be a testimony with me today. The mighty acts of God. All those hands that were raised each and every day, we have something we can praise and worship our creator for. It is God's mighty acts. And he would like us to let him know through our praise and worship of the things he's done for us. This is why the psalmist declared in Psalms 150 and 2, praise him for his mighty acts. Surely you and I, we can find something to praise him for today. We started out at the beginning. You woke up today. You are here today. Most of us have jobs in this place. You know, we have things that we can praise God for today. We have good health. You know, we have, we came in a car today. We're not walking. Those are things we can praise God for. Life doesn't have to be perfect to praise God. You understand that the life does not have to be perfect. God is perfect. So he deserves our praise anyway, anyhow. And the more we focus our attention on praise and worship in him, we begin to take our attention off the situations and the issues that we're facing. And it just brings a peace to our situation, to our life. We're to praise God according to his excellent greatness. Psalms 150 and 2, according to his excellent greatness. Those who have made God's word a delight, of their soul, ultimately praise God with the highest praise. It is one thing to praise God with our lips. It's quite another thing to praise him with our whole being. Isaiah 29, 13, the Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Ouch. I don't ever want to get to a place where I put on a show with my praise and worship, but it doesn't come from my heart. Let us not be a people who will only praise God with our mouth. Let us be a people who will praise God with every part of our being. We've already talked about it. We have so many things that we can praise God for. The, I, I, I get blown away that that God would even choose someone like me to serve him. I, I don't deserve it. I didn't do nothing to earn God's grace and mercy and restoration and healing in my life. You and I, we, we have to understand that we, we, we were never good enough. We were never, we were never, we never walked holy enough. We never, we, we don't deserve it. It's just God's grace and his mercy. Yet he chose you and I. You and I to know him and to serve him. We are blessed for that. That is something we can praise him for. And that should not just come from our lips. That should come from the depths of our heart. We are a blessed people. We praise God with music. Some of us. You can praise God with your music, but just do it in private. Ain't nobody need to hear all that. 
Though we should use musical instruments to praise the Lord, which we do week in, week out, we have a great team that practices hard. There's also a symbolic meaning to the collection and the range of instruments mentioned in Psalms 150. You see, that number suggests a a whole orchestra with instruments needed for an ancient symphony. Orchestras, they offer a great diversity and flexibility and and, and subtlety. Uh, An orchestra contains all the instruments necessary to play just about any piece of music. It can change genres and, and has the flexibility to meet at every moment. An orchestra has certain brass and percussion instruments to enable it to play high tempo, large sounding music. But it doesn't just stop there. It's not just those pieces. It also has a recorder and a violin and a lute. So when the music needs the lightest touch, the softest cry, or a tender plea, the orchestra can play that too. What was the writer getting at in Psalms 150? What was he trying to tell us? He's letting us know that no matter what we are facing, we have the ability and responsibility to praise the Lord. Our praise may sound different at times. There's times that things are going great. Things are amazing. Our lives are just completely blessed beyond measure. That, that praise begins to get loud and, bo- and, 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 and bolsterous, and, 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 and it's exciting. But then there's times where reality is life has just been hard on us this week, and there's just been a lot of chaos in our, chaos in our life, but we can still praise him. It may sound quiet. It may sound a little different. There may be some tears in that praise, but but the reality is we can still praise the Lord. I guess the reality of this thing is I'm just trying to take all excuses away. We just need to praise the Lord. Psalms 150 is letting us know that today, that we just, we just, we just have to praise the Lord. When we create an atmosphere of praise week in and week out like we do, when we create an atmosphere of praise in our homes, when we pr- create an atmosphere of praise in our, our workplace, God does something and people take notice to it. They begin to feel the praise and the worship that we are creating and it begins to rub off on them. That's why people will ask you, what's going on? What's different with you? Well, we're not going to tell them, well, I've been praising God secretly. But the reality is they're feeling that. They're feeling the noticing that, man, this, this guy's just, things are going right. There's something about him. It's that praise and that worship that we've created from our life, and it's flowing over into those around us. We have a responsibility and the ability to praise God in every situation. We have many reasons to praise the Lord. Amen. We have many reasons to praise the Lord. The one who lives the life of the blessed man described in Psalms 1 will eventually go from being able to give only solo performances of praise to God to offering an entire orchestra with a full complement of instruments. Every part of this person's life will praise the Lord. His family life, will praise him. His business will praise him. 
His friendships will praise God. His citizenship will praise God. His ministry will praise God. His thoughts will praise God. His integrity will praise God. And his checkbook will praise God. Even this person's dreams, this person's private meditations upon the past will ring with praise unto the Lord. I want to be a righteous man that praises God in every area of my life. How many instruments in our life are praising God at this very moment? Depending on where we're at, could be sobering. I don't know. Some of us, we could be like, yes, sir, I'm there. But only you and I truly know how many areas of our life is praising God. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise and worship should come naturally to us. Why is that? Because God created us. That way, in ancient Israel, children learned who God was from their parents' praise. Some of us, we could probably say, thank you, Jesus. For some of us, we probably could say, oh, no. (laughs) Our kids usually imitate what we do when it comes to praise and worship. They usually do. Not all of them because there's different personalities, but for the most part, our kids usually imitate what we do. They do what we do. They do what, we, what they do what they see us do. The point of Israel's praise was not to give God as much, a much needed ego boost. Unlike us, God is not struggling with a fragile self-image. Israel's praise served the purpose of theology, teaching others of God's greatness, his great exploits, his tender mercies, his unfailing love, his mighty power, the righteousness of his judgment, and the holiness of his word. That is what Israel's praise taught their children. Miriam's song on the other side of the Red Sea in Exodus 15 taught future generations of God's greatness over false gods. David's praise taught later later Israelites that God was high above all creation, yet he was as close at the mention of his name. Moses' words in Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, are in fact a shout of praise, a defiant cry against the pretender gods, Without the patriarchs and matriarchs' praise, Israel's theology would have been empty, having no content. Young Israelites never would have known God. As important as it, and essential as corporate praise is, there is a call to ensure that your whole life is praising God. That every relationship is a form of God-honoring praise, and that every private thought is captive to 
Christ. Everything that has breath must praise the Lord. When our whole human being is given wholly over to God, praise will reach its crescendo. Crescendo. The earth-shaking crescendo of the praise in, one, in, in Psalms 150, the kind of praise, praise that unanimous, unanimously rises from every corner of our being is highly compelling. It almost literally shouts out to everyone in our vicinity, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. When we begin to let praise and worship consume every area of our life, those around us will take notice to it. Praise and worship is to come naturally to us. So let's take a quick look at praise and worship for a moment. Praise, the expression of approval or admiration for someone or something. Praise at time can be easy when things are good and God's doing things for you. can be easy. Praise is joyful, thinking of all the things God has done for us. It is connected with thanksgiving as we offer back to God appreciation for his mighty works on our behalf. Praise can be applied to other relationships as well. We can praise our family, can praise our friends, and even our bosses. Praise does not require much of us. When things are good, we, it's easy to praise God. We can praise him with singing, shouting, dancing, and musical instruments. Worship. The feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. Worship is not what we do, it's who we are. We don't worship God for what he has done, we worship him for who he is. Worship can come from a different place in our spirit. You see, we may be in a place where, 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 where there's no food on the table, but we dig deep into our heart and we worship God because we still know he is a provider. Worship is for God alone. No one deserves our true worship, only God alone. Worship is the art of losing self in the adoration of another. Praise can be a part of worship, and a lot of times they are, they are tied together, but worship can go beyond praise. Like I said, praise at times can be easy, but there's times that worship may not like like we just talked about if there's if if there's no food on the table and you just don't know how you're going to feed your family you, it's going to be a little tougher to praise and worship God for being a provider right but the reality is we still can praise and worship God through it worship will get to the heart of who we are to truly worship God we must let go of our self-worship. Well, I'm not real emotional. I, that's just not me. Well, when we get rid of that self-worship and worship God, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like, then it becomes true worship unto our creator. 
Step out of the way and let God. Worship God for who he is and forget about who you are. To worship God requires us to truly humble ourselves before him, surrender every part of our lives to his control, and adore him for who he is, not just what he has done. Worship many times requires acts like bowing or kneeling, which shows humility or repentance. It is through worship that we invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to convict us, and to confront us. Sometimes worship can be a, a touch tough because the reality is each and every day we need Christ confronting us. We're flesh. We have some things that we don't want to give up. We have some things that we tend to fall back to really quickly and we need God to confront us. Through worship, we will realign our priorities with God's and acknowledge him once more as the rightful Lord of our lives. Just as praise is connected with thanksgiving, worship is connected with surrender. It was Abraham who was getting ready to take his son up the mountain and offer as a sacrifice. And at when they get to the mountain, at the bottom of the mountain, he says, you guys stay here while me and the lad go worship. I think there's sometimes a fine line in this story between crazy you know, you're, offer, you, you, you're, you're asking to sacrifice my son and just testing, which I believe God was doing. But when Abraham completely surrendered his will to the will of the Lord, and he said, yeah, we're going to go worship. He completely surrendered everything, and God provided a sacrifice. to worship God, to praise God. It's going to cause us to surrender our will and our way and our thoughts. It's going to cause us to surrender our hopes and our dreams to his hopes and his dreams. But we were created to worship him. We were created to praise him. It's okay to let go and let God. If we truly surrender our lives to praise and worship, God will provide and make a way where there seemed to be no way. The way he did for Abraham, he will do for you and I. So as we stand, You and I have to make a commitment today. Will we praise and worship our creator? 
Will we discipline our lives to live a lifestyle of praise and worship? Praise ye the Lord is not just a verbal command. It's the unspoken command of our soul. It is what people will hear from your life when they think of you. We must live a life full of praise and worship that teaches everyone we come in contact with the greatness of God and compels them into relationship with him. If you and I would live a lifestyle of praise and worship, our lives will speak louder than anything we could ever say. So today, I challenge each and every one of you as a creator, as, as a created being from God, will you praise your creator with your life? Would you lift your hands with me? Lift your voices. Father, I love you.